The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic partner and founding partner of the Olympic Channel, inspiring you to chase your dream. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. It's just really sad and also annoying. Usually Pride Month is packed full of parties and parades to celebrate diversity across the world. A lot of these events won't be taking place this year due to the coronavirus pandemic. Now, we can't make the parties go ahead, but we can make things a little better by speaking to some of the most inspiring athletes to celebrate the LGBTQ community in the Olympic world, including figure skaters Amber Glenn and Adam Rippon. Be gay sooner. If that's you're listening, hey, if you're gay, just do it now. Football players Ali Krieger and Ashlyn Harris. I think it's very, very important to stand for something good. Plus surfer, Kiala Kennelly. Everybody that steps forward is going to help. Olympic Channel Podcast. Next to skate and representing the United States of America, Adam Rippon. Olympic bronze medalist Adam Rippon just seems so confident on and off the ice. It's actually hard to believe that he had any misgivings about coming out, but he did. I remember being young and thinking I was never going to tell somebody I was gay, which is asinine. I was walking around with like a messenger bag since I was 12. So it was like, who was I really fooling? Myself. I really thought of when I came into my own as a skater, and it was after I came out to my friends and family. I felt after I did that, I was so authentically myself every day. When I would be in practices, when, when I would be at competitions, I just felt so much better in my own skin. And I think it made me such a better athlete because I felt proud of myself, I felt strong, I felt in control. Um, I, I would go to my coach with plans of how I wanted to attack my training just because I, I believed in who I was. I think that when I went to the Olympics, I didn't realize it would be such a big deal. I mean, if I knew it would get me that attention, I would have done that a long time ago, you know? Damn. Bad business on my behalf. Um, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, be gay sooner. If that's you're listening, hey, if you're gay, just do it now. Uh, get it over with. You will be beloved. I also didn't realize that uh, I would be one of the first out um, Olympians, and I didn't realize what that would mean to me and to so many other people. But when you go to the Olympics, you want to represent yourself and your country to the best of your ability. And for me, that meant representing myself. And that meant representing where I came from and who I was. And I felt like if I was going to do that, then I was going to have the full Olympic experience. And that's what was um, so important to me. I hear from people of all ages very often of how my story has affected them, which is surreal and an honor because I feel that those steps that I took and those things that I did, they were for that younger version of me. And I did 
those things for that young me that felt so uncomfortable in their own skin, who didn't feel, feel like they belonged, who felt uncomfortable, who felt very different. And I think in a way, when I was able to speak to my younger self, there are so many people um, that can relate to that, that wish that they could have that experience as well. Um, it, in a way, it was like forgiving myself for all of the things that like, I had put myself through. I'm really grateful that I was able to be an out athlete at, at the Olympics and on the biggest stage in sports. And I hope it's made other LGBTQ plus athletes feel that it really doesn't matter. What matters is like the kind of athlete you are, uh, the work that you put into the competitions, the kind of character you have, how you treat people off of the ice, um, out of competition. Um, but that's where your legacy lies. It doesn't lie in your sexual orientation. One of the people inspired by Adam's story is US junior national champion Amber Glenn. Amber came out as bi and pansexual publicly earlier in 2020. She says the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive. To my family and friends, like I had already, you know, kind of let them know, but I wanted people at home to see me either on TV or on, you know, social media and know that they're not alone out there. I had a young girl and her mom come up to me crying, talking about how right after my story came out, she had the courage to finally come out to her mom. And I got to meet her and hug her and talk to her whole family and it really meant a lot. You know, of course, Adam being out at the Winter Olympics was a humongous thing and seeing all the positive that came out of that and it made it less scary for me to be who I truly am. A lot of bisexual women are delegitimized, uh, just saying it's a phase or it's just something you'll grow out of. And to know that has helped some people be honest with their family, friends, it just means a lot. You're not going to be able to live your best authentic life until you've accepted who you are and that's all you really need to do in my opinion. Other people don't need to accept you. If they don't, then that's not your fault. That's not your, that's nothing to do with who you are. Twenty nineteen ended with a bang for Ashlyn Harris and Ali Krieger. A big, huge wedding. The pictures are amazing, and so is the wedding video. As a couple, they look and seem inseparable. The reality is though, when it comes down to business, having your partner on the same team is well a bit tricky. This is Ashlyn. I think what people don't realize is we are so professional here. We like regroup at home, you know, and yeah. like, uh, you know, we were very strict about not being roommates and, mm -hmm. you know, just not making it uncomfortable for anyone on the team. And 
um, making sure that it didn't, you know, it, it was never an us versus other people mm -hmm. or we were very, very professional through all these 10 years now. Mm -hmm. We want, didn't want to make anybody uncomfortable. That's Sally Krieger. We're here to do our job and do it well, and that's first and foremost. And then I know across all industries, it's probably very difficult, you know, to have your significant other, you know, to work with you and have that work-life balance. So I think over the years, we've obviously figured it out. But at that beginning, you know, you are afraid to be, you know, authentically yourself in this environment because you're unsure of how people are going to react to your sexuality. My biggest factor in every decision I made was not always just being known for the player, but the player I was off the field. Like that's the legacy I wanted to leave behind is people remembering how I made them feel. The people around us knew what was going on, but there was this really strong internal struggle I was having because I was such an advocate of speaking your truth and living your truth, but here I was, I technically I wasn't. For me personally, the driving force of coming out, being open, being visible, so children didn't have to feel like they had to hide or that they were not normal or different and that wasn't okay. And if it's hard for me at 32 at the time, 33, mm -hmm. fearful I was gonna lose everything and I have the world at my fingertips, imagine a, like a child feeling that pain mm -hmm. and not having the understanding. Like it had to stop for us. Mm -hmm. We had, then it became just a driving force of visibility mm -hmm. that we were gonna make this happen and we were gonna open a lot of people's eyes and we were gonna have a lot of hard conversation and I didn't originally want to get married um, I didn't she knew I mean, this we, yeah we yeah, both we kind of were hesitant yeah, about even the idea doing, of marriage yeah you know so but it's just like the whole the bigger picture and the power it had on not only like other people, but us, I just mm -hmm. felt like for once we were able to just be ourselves and mm -hmm. live our truth and everything we were fighting for for so long. I, I just feel like it was a fairy tale. Like it yeah. was just this story unwinding and winning the World Cup and you being there, yeah. getting married in that same year. Mm -hmm. the, the Everyone just was so a part of the wedding and having the LBGTQ community a part of it, like it just was the most insane. It was like everything was swirling for so long and then it just got calm and everyone, everything fit into place. We've worked our entire lives to get to where we are and we don't want to just be defined as footballers. We want to make sure that people understand us as people, as human beings, um, as fighters. Because I think when you get to this level, it's really difficult to, you know, um, not get caught up in, you know, all this like fame and, and um, power and um, the lights, camera, action type mm -hmm. stuff. Like it's all about me. Yeah. When in actuality, it's about like life and it's about um, challenging people to 
to then um, help them grow and and really moving people and, and really trying to get people to be passionate about something. And it's hard to continue all of that um, if you don't give yourself a platform to speak. And that's us being successful, working our butts off and winning in order to then, you know, try to um, carry on that, that legacy that we want to leave. Olympic Channel Podcast. How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did, I wanted to be world champion. And when I was 25, it looked like it was gonna happen for me. And then right at the last moment, it slipped through my fingers and I finished number two in the world and I was devastated. It was an emotional moment for surfer Kiala Kennelly at the 2019 WSL Awards. She was finally awarded a world championship after winning the big wave title that year. I needed to dream bigger because when I was 25, I was hiding in the closet, soaked in shame, living in fear, and I hated myself because I didn't think you could be world champion and gay at the same time. I needed to dream bigger because now I get to be the first openly gay world champion. <laughs> so what I gotta say to you is, Dream the big, crazy dreams, because you never know which ones are going to come true. Thank you. Kiala is in Hawaii during the lockdown, and I wanted to know a little bit more about why she was so emotional on that night. It was a really big moment for me because I spent my entire life trying to be a world champion, and there was so many times that I was so close uh, to it. And, there, you know, there was times where I actually felt like being you know, an LGBT person was kind of used against me. You know, judging is, uh, surfing is such a biased sport. You know, it's not very cut and dry. It's not like basketball where like the ball goes in the net and that's a point. You know, it's very subjective. And so, you know, sometimes I felt like my scores might fall a little bit below, you know, based on the fact that I was LGBT. And, and so, yeah, it was tough. Were you just finished with surfing because, competitively because of how much you've been hurt by it? Like, or was it, what, like, what motivated that step away from surfing at that time? Um, yeah, I mean, I think being on tour and, and being a closeted lesbian the entire time I was on tour and just that, that fear of being outed all the time, like that internalized homophobia and self-hatred that it caused, you know, it takes a toll. And at that point I had been, I'd become comfortable enough with myself that I wanted to come out. I didn't want to hide it anymore. I was actually bringing my girlfriend at the time to my events and, you know, not introducing her as a friend, but like, no, this is my girlfriend. And so, you know, was getting like a strong negative reaction from that. And so, uh, <laughs> so yeah. I was just kind of over it. I was over being hurt by the tour. So much of uh, my sponsorship dollars, so much of the sponsorship dollars that were out there were being given to, you know, girls that had that like look, you know, and, and I was constantly told, you know, I was constantly told when I would not be making money for my sponsors or when they were cutting my pay that, you know, oh, well, you're just not market. We don't have budget for you. You're just not marketable. And that was a nice way of saying like, you're too masculine and we think you're a lesbian. So 
<laughs> we're not going to pay you. <laughs> well, we're going to pay the cute model girl. So, <laughs> yeah, it was tough. You know, it felt bad. Uh, especially when I, when I like quit the tour and then started really pushing the big wave surfing because I was doing, doing these radical, like groundbreaking things that were like, had never been done before. You know, I was making history. I was breaking all these records and yet I'd lost all my sponsors at that point because I'd come out and the economy tanked. And, uh, so it was like my accomplishments were up here, but then like, what I was making was just like that. Like it just didn't, it didn't make any sense, you know? It just didn't make any sense <laughs> to me. Things are changing in society and also in sport. One of the most high profile women on the tour, two time world champion Tyler Wright, is dating a woman. Good honor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tyler. <laughs> Uh, I think that's a big deal, you know, to have somebody that's on the world championship tour, you know, be able to like acknowledge that and, and, and come out because, you know, no, there's, there's gotta be a lot more LGBT people on the world championship tour. I mean, just the, just the, the number, just based on the numbers, <laughs> you know, like one out of 10 is or something like that, like has to be. <laughs> And so, um, but nobody's out, nobody comes out and there's gotta be a reason for that. You know, there's still, even though the WSL has really changed its stance and has become like way more inclusive and non-discriminatory and they've really made some strides there. I think that athletes are still just really afraid because, you know, they're afraid they're going to lose all their sponsors. You know, they're afraid that of how the other athletes are going to treat them, you know, if they're going to use that against them and, and, you know, speak badly to them or they're, they're afraid the fans might turn on them. You know, there's so many things to still be afraid of as an LGBT athlete. So it's not job done then it's it, but it's surely better than it was. Every time somebody steps forward and doesn't hide it anymore, it, it normalizes it. So the more athletes that are brave enough, like Tyler to, to come out and acknowledge that she's, uh, LGBT, like dating a woman, like that is good. That's going to, every, everybody that steps forward is going to help the cause. So I think the most important thing is to stop being ashamed about it. You know what I mean? It's like when you are ashamed of yourself, you're teaching other people uh, that you should be ashamed, you know? So I think people not hiding it, people coming out and then being proud of who they are, not feeling ashamed about it is going to, is what's going to change. Kiala, thank you very much for joining us. It's been it's been a pleasure. All right, yeah, good talking to you guys. Olympic Channel Podcast. Big thanks to Kiala and to all our amazing guests for their bravery and just being really honest. Massive, massive respect. Also, another big thanks goes out this week to the WSL for production help. Recently, we have been blessed because we've had loads of Olympians talking about how to stay strong at the moment, including a good breathing tip, which I've used, tried and tested, from Olympic champion gymnast Laurie Hernandez belly breaths when you get really nervous so put your hands on your stomach and when you take a deep breath you should watch your stomach go out and then when you exhale you should watch it go in and by doing that just watching that motion just kind of go in and out it's really calming and especially when 
people like me are freaking out right before you hop on the equipment. It is, it's important to make sure that your body's regulated before you hop on the equipment. You don't want to just hop up super emotional like I used to do because I didn't know any better. <laughs> so yeah, that was definitely a really big one. There's a lot of videos of me at competitions with just my hand on my stomach and everybody's like, is your stomach okay? And I was like, actually no, but that's not why I'm doing this. Um, <laughs> Go to olympicchannel.com forward slash podcast for all the very latest episodes and ways to subscribe, which you should do. You should also give us a follow on social media. Olympic Channel across all of them is our user. I'm at Eddie Knowles with an I and an E. That is it for now, though. Stay safe and see you soon. Think like an Olympian.